0: And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, nidavellir basically anywhere that has the internet really, we proudly present Radio 3 Asgard. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 248. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin, and we're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. And happy Halloween, everybody! (laughs) Yeah, um, today's Halloween as I record this, though. Halloween would have been a couple of weeks ago as you actually listened to it. But uh, it is that time of year once again. It was really strange being downtown today because I actually uh, saw more people dressed up downtown than I ever remember seeing before and this is the middle of the afternoon you know like two o'clock in the afternoon and people are wandering around in in, in costumes as it were and these are adults not kids you know uh people going to the office dressed up and then kind of going out in their lunch hour or whatever in their costumes and So interestingly enough I mean yeah I wasn't dressed up myself but you know I had a doctor appointment that would have been a little bit awkward yeah, so really, Halloween is here, and this weekend, Doctor Strange opens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We might be going this weekend, we might be going next weekend, not really sure which, but we are going to see Doctor Strange while it's on the big screen because it looks freaking awesome. So we're really looking forward to that. Now, I'll tell you guys what I think after I've seen it. And, of course, as I speak now, the movie's been out for a couple of weeks. I'll probably have seen it by the time the show airs. However, we would ask, of course, that you're, if you're on our Facebook page to please don't post any spoilers. Because I don't care about spoilers. You can spoil things for me all you want. You can, you can send me a private message spoiling it. But other people do care a lot about that stuff. and And stuff really does... Uh, you ruin their enjoyment of things and and you guys have been fantastic by never posting any spoilers on our page i'm real proud of you guys for not doing that But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, just remember Doctor Strange is coming out. It's a big deal for some people, including me. And let's just all enjoy the movie and not spoil it for anybody. All right. So we do have an issue of Thor, Son of Asgard. Yes, it's winding up. Thank goodness it is. Uh, We have a couple of issues left, though. So let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the Rainbow Bridge of Asgard, where the booming Indeed, and this week we are looking at Son of Asgard, Thor, Marvel, issue number 11. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's just the order that it was written on the cover. I thought it was funny. Uh, Cover price, $2.99 or $4.25 in Canada. Cover date is February of 2005. Cover art is by Joe Chen. Shows Thor, and he's lit up kind of yellowish, greenish. He's got kind of a greenish cast on him. Facing the camera behind him, lurking behind him with her hand over his head, is none other than Hela, the goddess of death. Awesome cover. Anyway, we open up to the splash page. Welcome to A Tale of Asgard. Thor, the prince of Asgard, is a brash and impetuous youth, never one to consider who he is or what he has. Thor's mind is always on who he'll be, blah, 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 blah legend holds that whoever can lift the mighty uru hammer mjolnir is worthy to possess great power however try as he might thor has been unable to budge the hammer until now when the imperial palace is attacked without warning and sif is kidnapped by storm giants Thor decides it is his duty to save her, despite his father's protests. Without thinking, Thor enters Odin's trophy room and effortlessly lifts Mjolnir from its resting place, not even realizing what he has just accomplished. Worthy. Part 2. Okira Yoshida is the writer. Greg Tochini is the penciler. Guru EFX is the colorist. right? VCs Randy Gentili is the letterer. Joe Chen did the cover, as we mentioned. Mackenzie Cadenhead is the editor. Ralph Macchio, the consulting editor. Joe Casada is the editor-in-chief. And Dan Buckley is the publisher. And we pick up exactly where we left off last time. Thor has lifted up the hammer, and he has gone outside into the courtyard of the palace. And he seems to have gained an extra... um, plate on his armor that looks like an Audi belly button and it looks a little strange anyway so thor has gone out to the courtyard there are people uh, you know they're st- you know being tra- trapped into rocks and stuff and they're lifting big pieces of of concrete out people uh, looks like uh, some trees have been uprooted which means these giants are tree murderers and we have a sequence here that has no dialogue as they've been doing throughout the series periodically where we have the young thor Uh, coming out of the palace and walking down the stairs and he's holding Mjolnir in his hands as he does this and uh, everyone else is kind of busy doing whatever they're doing to try to help the people who've been hurt Uh, and he's walking through these crowds of people holding Mjolnir and people are, are not really taking notice but then they kind of Twig on to this. This is significant, and so one by one, people have kind of noticed that uh, he's walking out in the middle of of everybody with the hammer in hand, and they kind kind of start gathering around. And uh, Thor's horse is here, the th- the horse that we he saw last uh, last episode. And Thor packs his uh, hammer into his belt, hops on his horse, and he starts to ride off. And he's like to Jotunheim, troubled. And they take off. And they're going outside of the... I get, they look like old ruins, like an aqueduct or something. And they're kind of going around there. And Thor sees something, so he stops the horse. Whoa, hold troubled. And he gets off the horse, and it is a red ribbon. Uh, I'm not sure how this is significant, but somehow he knows that this belongs to Sif. And he says, If they have harmed so much as one hair on Sif's head... Sif will now help guide my hand, and he wraps the ribbon around his hand, kind of like bandaging up his his hand and wraps it around his wrist, gets back on his horse, and rides off. We see him passing through sort of sylvan glades, and he gets to this sort of rough, rocky terrain, and uh, he and his horse arrive at another big ruin sort of thing here. And Thor says, "'Let us be cautious, troubled,' We have crossed too easily into Jotunheim. I would have expected better defense at the castle of Ruga, king of the storm giants. I doubt that our path will remain unhindered for long. And a voice comes out, "Of that you are correct, godling." And they arrive on a it looks like a like a drawbridge, and there's a big castle here and a couple of, of giants guarding it. Take me, your dear king. I have no time to waste on mere guards. And quite an impetuous godling at that. Take caution, brother. Though his size is small, he has the strength and valor of many men. How does he know that? Anyway. And he he hops off the horse. And he said, Mjolnir will help me reach Ruga's castle with minimal interference. Turn back and allow me to pass. And Thor has picked up Mjolnir and he's waving it around over his head. Kind of awkwardly, but, you know, hey. Or I will shake you from the bridge on which you stand, and so the giants come uh, come toward him, and they're like, "Your hammer can do no more harm to us than your weak threats." And, and Thor's like, "So be it," and he raises Mjolnir up, and then he does like a giant slam on the ground, like he sometimes does. There's a giant boom. And the drawbridge collapses underneath the two giants. They go falling down a really, really deep chasm, sort of thing. And they're falling, and they're oh, "It's not possible!" No. And Thoris is looking at the hammer in his hand, aghast, and, and he's like, "That went better than expected. You truly possess power I'm dreamt of, mighty Mjolnir." And he is, then recovers and he goes off to uh, towards the door, but he can't get across the gap that he created by s- slamming the, the hammer down and breaking the bridge. So he decides to try swinging the hammer around and, and grabbing onto the thong. So yeah, we've seen this before. We see this in every issue. So he starts to whip the hammer around and then he throws it, grabs onto the handle and is pulled across the gap And we get a full page here of Thor flying across the gap. And the exertion seems to have given him a (laughs) hard-on. That's what what it looks like in the picture anyway. Um, And so he's going uh, flying across this this gap to the door. And he lands, uh, not very gracefully, but uh, he lands and and falls down. But but he's still really happy. And he's like, I must remember that trick. And so he's then faced with a, a big, huge door. Uh, obviously a huge door of the palace. There's giants living in it, so obviously the door is going to be huge. It's a huge door. And he whips the hammer around, and he smashes through the door. There's no sound effect, but there's like a lightning uh, effect coming out from the hammer. I, I think what, what's going on here is that, uh, that Yoshida is trying to let the the art speak for itself. And we'll talk about that at the end, but I kind of agree with this. And he smashes the door down. And we have Thor doing his angry face stalking into the castle. And he says, Ruga, I will have an audience with you, even if I must tear down your kingdom one oaf at a time. And he is confronted by many, many oafs. I should—I count uh, about, oh, no, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, oh, thirteen. 4, uh, 6, about 15 or 16 oafs. That he's confronted with. And they all look a little different. But they're all very unmistakably giants. And they are not too happy to see Thor there. And they keep leap, leaping forward one or two at a time. And Thor is very easily dispatching them using Mjolnir. Uh, just slamming them. And uh, you know, Mjolnir comes back. And he, he bops them in the head with it. And so we have this several page fight scene here where there's no dialogue. You know, they're trying to catch Thor, but he's getting away using the hammer to smash their heads in and manages to, uh, to get away and finally has knocked them all down. All the giants are, are dead or wounded or whatever. And so we have the uh, young Thor. He is approaching the throne room of the, of the storm giants. And he's like, Ruga, you would hide behind your comrades and closed doors. You call yourself a king. Your minions are defeated. You can hide no more. Show yourself. And he pushes the doors open, and the king is there. He's sitting on his old giant throne. He's got a helmet on his head. He's got a big old axe in one of his hands. I have come for the Lady Sif. Free her or suffer the consequences. You have come all this way for naught, son of Odin. Sif is no longer in Jotunheim. As per our agreement, I have delivered her to Hela, goddess of death, in exchange for immortality. You struck a bargain with death? You would accept life at the cost of another's? You heartless old fool! Tell me where I can find Hela! Speak! Who is more the fool? He who deals with death at her behest, or he who seeks death of his own accord? I will tell you how to find Hela, foolish godling. For if you do meet her, I know it will spell your certain doom. Doom. So I shall travel to the highest peak of Jotunheim, look for her place of power, and ask for an audience with Hela herself, says Thor. I must again face death. Surely this is what the fates spoke of. The time is now. And he does the hammer whipping around trick again, flies up to the top of this mountain sort of thing, and he's walking up to the, the peak, and there's like a giant altar up there, what looks like kind of an altar. And you can see big, like, scorch marks or whatever on the uh, on the stone. And it's like this big sci-fi altar, Stargate-looking sort of thing. It's kind of, I don't know, I don't know what it really looks like, but it's some kind of a, you can tell it's some kind of an altar. And he raises the hammer above his head and he shouts, Hela, I, Thor, son Odinson, prince of Asgard, seek an audience with thee. Will you not lend me your ear and listen to my plea, mistress of death? And there's a explosion of lightning from the hammer, giant crocund and there's a big shadow looming over Thor at this point, and it has antlers, so you know that this is Hela. And we have her voice coming out. You managed to escape death the first time your soul lay within my grasp, Odin's son, and it was the tears of this mortal wench that stole you back. She shall pay for her hubris, and as for you... No one escapes death twice. And we see an image of Hela. She's floating above the the altar. And she has Sif. Uh, Sif is, is being held by her hair, so she can't get away. She has some sort of manacles on her wrists and on her ankles. And this is obviously some sort of projection or something. And we have next issue, the conclusion of Worthy. So that was a quick read. And the reason why it was a quick read is because there's just not that much to the story. Once again, we have a situation here where the story is really basic. And so they told it without very much dialogue. So we have like four whole pages here of Thor fighting the giants and there's nothing to really to move the story along. I mean, I can't really describe what the Giants are doing because, frankly, it's not very clear what all the Giants are doing, so I can't really explain it. But uh, we will talk about this a little bit more in depth after this message. The Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance, and cameo... And, more. and in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree-Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team-Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And of course we are back so yeah like i was saying this is a really basic little story and and really all it is is thor he has been able to lift the hammer and he decides he's going to get his revenge and he goes off and you know rides across a few pages of no dialogue uh, until he comes to the castle he has a brief battle with the two giants at the castle door smashes the bridge again we have you know full uh, looks like almost three pages with, with very little dialogue, one of which has no dialogue at all. Uh, and then he smashes right through. Uh, he fight, fights the giants. With, you know, he, he beats with, with relative ease. Now, I do have a question here regarding this battle because we've seen that you know, Thor, obviously, he's, he's a brave warrior. He knows how to fight. We've seen this before. Now, I understand that Mjolnir is really powerful. Mjolnir always has been one of these powerful weapons that adds a lot to whoever's wielding it, which is normally Thor. However, I don't think that Thor at this age could have beaten all of these giants. I think Thor as an adult could have done it, no problem. But... I don't think that Mjolnir is the reason why you know he wins these battles. You know, at this point, he just doesn't have the experience you know to, to win these battles. So, uh, you know, it's almost like luck that you know, that Thor was able to win this battle. Um, so, I, I do have a little bit of a problem with how easily he dispatched all of these giants. Again, I think well, there was sixteen of them, and in a very very brief amount of time despite the fact that he's surrounded by giants. And at one point he's got a bunch of them trying to stomp him, but somehow he's just managing to, uh, to dodge them and, and still whip the hammer around. He knocks down the ceiling at one point on top of some of them. And so, you know, again, I think it, it, even for Thor, I think it's kind of pushing credulity a little bit here. Um, art wise i think for the most part this issue is really good we don't have any of that really nice computer coloring that i've liked in the past this is all more the uh, sketchy type of coloring that looks almost like they did it like like with with colored pencil it looks like they actually colored over the pencils and not inks uh, which wouldn't surprise me we have some wonkiness throughout There's not a lot of detail in some of the figures, especially when you get far away from them. And the faces are extremely inconsistent throughout. Uh, It looks like they may have rushed this issue, you know, for some reason, uh, deadline issues or whatever. So we have some panels where Thor looks one way and some panels where Thor just looks like some kind of weird, weird goblin sort of thing. But, uh, by and large, you know the, the art is decent. I mean, that's what what we've come to expect from uh, Greg Ticini. and and some of the big splashes are are really remarkable. I really like this one here of, of Thor flying for the first time over the bridge. That he's got a look on his face of of wow, this is cool, and I think that's a nice realistic reaction to what's going on here. You know how he thought of it. they don't really go into enough detail for my my taste, but they they have him learning the flight trick and and it's very very well drawn some of the uh some of the art in this is reminding me a little bit of manga and the way that the story is being told That's not a bad thing you know i'm just I'm just making the observation i mean i am a big fan of manga uh the giants not a lot of imagination in the way they're portrayed. But then again, they're giants in a, in a Thor comic. And typically they haven't been portrayed in a terribly imaginative way. <laughs> um, the, the Basically these big bruisers getting ready to smash everything. You would think though, okay, and this is just, this is a, a kind of a notable observation that they would build their palaces to be a little bit tougher than it seems that they did in this issue. Because here they have you know, just a bunch of giants in one room and things are falling apart. You would think that they would build their, their palaces or whatever to be able to withstand having a room full of giants because you're in a city of giants. Uh, it just makes sense. But, uh, you know, the Thor coming in and, and very easily busting up the place. And indeed, it looks like it's falling apart around him with the, the giants all fighting in there. Uh, so you would think that they would have a little bit more durable buildings or anything, but but you know again these are these are nitpicks because I really don't have you know, there's not that much here here if you know what I'm saying, but again you know I think that there's some some very effective moments in here, and again it's a very simple story and then at the end we have the reveal of Hela and she looks suitably sinister and evil and. You know, she's holding Sif hostage, so you know, she's got Thor right where she wants him. And, and that's really kind of what this issue accomplished. The, the action is pretty good. I like the, the uh, speech bubble effect they have for, for Hela. They, they've got her speech bubbles in this sort of blue. And, all, you know, the, the lettering is blue. The background is blue. Uh, and they, they colored in so that it's, it's shaded. So I just think it's, it's a neat effect. And, and they've done some more stuff in comics before. It's nothing new. But I just like the, the way it looks here. All right. And with that, it is time to wrap up the show. Yeah, another short show. But again, like I said, it was a short issue. All right. If you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is RadioFreeAsgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time after the presidential election (laughs) here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics, The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent, and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.